Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And we have an announcement. Yay! So uh, for those of you that don't follow us on Twitter or don't spend an unhealthy amount of time on there like the two of us, um, we are officially uh, the podcast here joining the Fantasy Points Media Group. Um, and it changes nothing about the podcast. I actually made sure they put a clause in that said I could still be as mean to Colin as I want to be every single episode, He's every single it. week. Yes, yes. I, I, I got very demanding. Um, He's a diva. But yeah, you're still going to be able to find us wherever you found us before and you've been listening to us. Um, you can just also find us over with Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts that they have over there, uh, including True North Fantasy Podcast, Play to Win Podcast, Dynasty Happy Hour, Injury Prone Podcast with uh, Dr. Evan P- Edwin Porras, Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, and the Fantasy Points Podcast itself. Uh, and then you can also follow them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live. It's uh, Fantasy PTS. Or check out uh, Friday Drop they do each week that kind of recaps all of the shows uh, from that week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. So, yeah, we're, we're excited. We're happy. Onward and upward. So, Yeah, big things coming. You know, definitely excited to be uh, a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. You know, they have a lot of great minds over there. Um, you know, and I was just, I was just humbled and, and surprised that, you know, a group that big, um, you know, approached us and, you know, wanted to, wanted to, us to join a, their media group. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. On, onto the show. Let's do this. Call. <laughs> onto the show. Uh, we'll get into some of the news segment here to start. Uh, and Sean McVay and um, Peter Schrager have a new podcast um, that they do. It's Flying Coach. And they had uh, Kyle Shanahan on and they were talking, McVay was ribbing Kyle Shanahan. He was asking him about, uh, you know, he's like, what did you think about our trade for Stafford? And Kyle Shanahan said, you don't want to get me started, dude. Uh, Apparently he was in Cabo. uh, Shanahan was in Cabo looking through, you know, Stafford's tape. You know, he, he said everybody was telling him it was a possibility uh, you know, he said he might be able to spend two weeks really watching him. You know, he was really trying to get a feel for him and they wanted to go out and get him. And he said he was out at dinner. Uh, it was seven o'clock at night and he was told that nothing was going to happen until tomorrow morning at the earliest. Uh, so he put his phone down. He started talking to his wife and they went out to dinner and he said half an hour later, his friend called him and said, I'm just telling you, if you want Stafford, you need to go get him right now. And it was already too late. Uh, McVeigh had already gotten a hold of him. But uh, I just thought it was really interesting that Kyle Shanahan wanted Stafford that badly. Um, you know, and then obviously ends up going to a division rival there. Um, you know, but I think it ended up working out for Shanahan in the end. They did trade up to get Trey Lance. Um, so Austin, if you're the 49ers, you're in their shoes, are you happy with trading up for Lance or are you upset that you ended up missing out on Stafford with the roster that they have? I think I'd rather have Stafford because I think that, you know, and I, they thought too, that they were a quarterback away, right? They, you don't make that trade if, if you're comfortable with your current quarterback position. Um, so I, I think Stafford. It's just getting the proven guy, and it's not like you get the proven guy is um, 
Jared Goff, <laughs> or you know, so, <laughs> like it was. It, it's a legitimate NFL starting quarterback, you know, top top ten, top twelve, however you want to classify him. But um, so, I, yeah, I, I mean, if I'm them, I'd rather have um, Stafford, and I bet Shanahan like never goes on vacation ever again. <laughs> That's his last vacation until he retires at like eighty five. <laughs> Yeah, his wife is not going to be happy with that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you there, given the 49ers, the state of their roster. Because I do think they're a quarterback away as well. Uh, but I do like Lance a lot. I think Lance has a really high ceiling. I think the biggest separator for me comes down to the compensation. Uh, the Niners had to trade their number 12 pick along with the first round pick in uh 2022 and 2023 and a compensatory third rounder in 2022 as well to get up to the third overall pick to take lance whereas the rams yeah they sent jared goff but obviously if they're getting stafford you know jared goff would have been irrelevant anyway they would have probably traded him but they sent goff a third and two firsts so it comes down to whether you think jared goff was worth a first round pick worth a, a number 12 overall pick. I don't think he is at this point anymore. I think we know what golf is and I don't think, I, I think his limitations would lead me to want the number 12 pick more than golf. So compensation wise, I think that the Rams gave up just a little bit less to get the player that we both agree was a better fit for them. I don't know. I mean, do you think the only uh, you're banking on one of those quarterbacks falling then in that draft? Right. Like if you take that 12th or else you're out your quarterback and you have nobody to kick. Like you can at least kick the tires on Jared Goff and see if there's maybe something there. I mean, I think as we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, there might be. We, we don't know. It, Goff's had some success. I mean, pe- he's kind of dumb, according to reports, <laughs> but he, he's had success in the NFL. Um, whereas at that point you're thinking maybe Mac Jones is there in the draft and like that, I'm not sure the ceiling is much higher than golf for, for Jones. So I, if I'm them, I think I'd rather take golf than the 12th overall pick unless I have like just the, the plan is to just absolutely totally just tank the crap out of this year and then get whoever's the top guy next year. But that doesn't always work out either. You never really know. That's a good point. Uh, I am playing a little bit of um, revisionist history here because I mean, if you look at it, uh, Justin Fields went pick 11. Yeah. So maybe you move up just, from that 12 a little bit, but you move up once they could have moved up one spot and ended up with Fields, who's a guy that I like a little bit better. But you're right. You don't know that going into the draft. I think Justin Fields falling to 11 is a surprise. So, I mean, that's that's definitely fair. You know, you're you're assuming that those quarterbacks are going to be gone. And if, if they had stuck at 12, they would have been looking at Mac Jones and then it's Mac Jones versus golf. But I think they would have had to, you know, give up much less to move up one spot, obviously to get fields, a guy that I like even more. Um, but again, like I said, that's a bit of a revisionist history. Typical, typical. <laughs> um, so you would be, you're, you're on the side that the, uh, that the trade that the Niners sent was, was better than the one that golf. No, oh, I'd rather ha- I'd rather have the golf one. Yeah, I think they ended up getting the better deal. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're we're in agreement then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. I just don't like to phrase things that way because I don't want to agree with you. But that's yes. a good point. But you're I'm I'm very easily confused, and you know I I need things spelled out for me a little bit. You're making it sound like you disagreed with me. 
I'm really good at that. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. That's that lawyer in you. It is. Exactly. That's all you went to law school for was to just bully me on podcasts. I took a class specifically on that, actually. Bullying bullying Colin on podcasts? Yeah, I had a different title, but it was really mean. You don't want to know what it was. Oh, thanks. Um, we'll move on. Um, next bit of news. Derek Carr is uh, reportedly heavily recruiting Devontae Adams to Las Vegas. And I think the biggest question there is, is that realistic at all? Yeah. I, I mean, he has one year left, right, on his contract? Devontae, yes. and he said and he said that he's not going to sit out. You know, he'll play the year, and then whatever happens, happens after. Um, it wouldn't shock me if his time is done in Green Bay, depending on what happens with Rodgers. Because if they if they move on from Rodgers and they don't get back, like, a Deshaun Watson or something, you know, some sort of trade like that, I doubt that he would want to stay there. Because mm-hmm. um, he's, I mean, he's not old, but he's not 22 either. You know, he can't wait around all day. Um, so I guess the Raiders would have as good a chance as anybody, but I'd – I don't think a lot of the NFL guys are like, you know, so sentimental that they're like, I want to go play with my college quarterback again. Like, you know, I mean, like if, um, I don't know, if Arizona clears a ton of cap space, or like just uh, somebody with a good young quarterback clears a bunch of cap space and they want him. Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins, too. I mean, I, that's just the first name that came to mind. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. that's fair. I'm just saying that would be dirty. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, like, uh, the, you know, I, was, I try. I try to think of like, but then it's. I'm like the Bills, maybe not. Wait, they have Stephon Diggs. Like <laughs> trying to go through all the the teams in my head. Um, the Dolphins, maybe if two was something this year, he'd be like yeah. a great compliment to Waddle or something. I don't know. So I mean, yeah, I, mean, I think just he'll go wherever the money is. Let's be honest. The I don't Jets. blame him, but well, yeah, I, I don't think he likes the quarterback situation there. That's a good point. Um, and then I think the next question there is, do we even think Derek Carr is going to be in Las Vegas next year? Um, his contract, he does have two years left on it technically, but uh, there's no dead cap next year. He can be cut for nothing, and they would save nineteen million dollars against the cap. That's a pretty solid contract for like a you know middle of the pack starting quarterback, though, right? Especially with the cap supposed to be going up. Mm-hmm. I highly doubt they'd cut him. They'd trade him for something, but I, yeah, they're, they'd never cut him in a bajillion years. If I'm the Steelers, I would take him if they're trying to get rid of him. I mean, depending on what the asking price was, and Ben is gone, I would do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, and that's something we'll get into a little bit later as well. But I think Derek Carr is is fine. I mean, you know, there was one point where he was actually even the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. That's um, how it works that, every time somebody's up for a new contract. Yeah, right. I mean, it didn't it didn't last long. Um, you know, but. Because he signed that the five-year, $125 million deal with the Raiders in 2017. It is, um, it's so crazy to believe that at one point that was the highest court, like quarterback contract in the league. Because what does Mahomes make now? 40-something? Like yeah. It's, it's, it's exponentially higher than we, that. It's <laughs> 10, million, or 10 years for $500 million, right? Something like that, yeah. I'm pretty, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that that's how quickly that went up. Um, yeah. But would you take him in Atlanta? Um, no, only because if we need to move on from Matt Ryan, just hit the reset button, just get, just get somebody new. I don't think we are a Derek Carr away from being a contender. I don't think we're a contender now. It helps you keep resources that you could use elsewhere at the top of the draft. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea. I don't think it's a bad idea. I, I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it, but 
I would prefer, and, and, and I mean, I was saying that all off season, I wanted us to take Justin Fields. I wanted to just reset it. Um, you know, obviously they did not go that route, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I but I do like Derek Carr. So like, I'm not going to be upset about it. I think in Pittsburgh, that would be a great, that would be a great situation for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. And he wouldn't even need Devontae Adams there. They got all sorts of weapons. We have better than Devontae Adams. We have Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> I, I can't even say that with a straight face. My love for Juju does know some bounds. Um, all right, and then the uh, the last bit of news here, uh, Nikhil Harry requested a trade, formally requested a trade. Is there anywhere that he can go that we would even be interested in him anymore? <sighs> That's a really good question. We talked about him a little bit on Debbie Debate last night. Um, I I don't want to write him off totally because I think there are situational things that have certainly not helped him in his development and his career overall. At the same time, I like I wouldn't go buy him anywhere unless it's just a total throw-in and a trade or something like that because I, I don't have any faith that he's actually going to go somewhere. But he could go to a Detroit or um, a Houston. You know, those aren't great situations in terms of quarterbacking, but they're great in terms of depth chart and getting him on the field. Cause I think we'd feel a lot better about calling him a bust. If he at least got on the field a bunch and we could say, yeah, he played and he sucked as opposed to he played a little bit and and kind of sucked, but like, we don't really know. Um, so I, it's somewhere where he can get a real chance. So then we can either definitively say he is a bust or he's not a bust would be good with me. I, I get that. But my thing is, how? Why are those situations any different than New England was? You know, there was nothing on that depth chart in New England, and he wasn't really able to do anything there either. I think at this point he's just in the doghouse there. Mm, that could be. Like, regardless, I, like I think he could show up to practice and play great, and they still would just be in the doghouse. I'm not sure he's what Bill wants. I'm not sure why they ever drafted him in the first place. As kind of a weird marriage, uh, right from the start. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I didn't really like that pick there. Um, and it just goes to show you, you know, another example of the New England Patriots not being able to develop wide receivers for whatever reason. That's like the only position that they can't draft or develop at all. They just do not identify wide receivers very well. It's the weirdest thing. I, um, it's kind of like the Steelers are the same way with corners. And I've said for years, like, why are we even drafting these guys anymore? Like, just do what we did with Joe Hayden. Go, go sign a guy after, you know, they hit free agency. Like, save yourself the wasted draft capital and all that. And um, they did, they've done it a little bit. I mean, they went out and traded for Wes Welker and they obviously traded for Randy Moss as well with those big teams. Um, and uh, I mean, I guess you can credit them with Amendola. But, um, you know, other than that, yeah, I can't really think of a whole lot of guys they've developed. Mr. Lacrosse, Chris Hogan. Was he even drafted by them or free agent ad by them or um, like an undrafted free agent? Or was he with the Bills first? There was a I, real, like, incestuous thing there in that division for a while with Chris Hogan. I think he was with the Bills first. Okay. Um, but, I mean, they do get Edelman, you know. You, yeah. you give him credit there. But, you know, how much of that was was just Tom Brady absolutely loving him? Yeah. You know. Um, not to take anything away from Julian Edelman, you know, he did transition from quarterback, you know, that's, that's great, uh, you know, but, but I think that that was Tom Brady made him, I think, 
I like to think that Tom made him wear like a Wes Welker mask when they were like <laughs> hanging out together. <laughs> I mean, like, oh yeah, my, my, my buddy Wes. <laughs> he just calls him Wes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so get back to the original point though. I don't think there's anywhere that I would be interested in him at all. Just for the reason that I said, you know, like I, I think there's a point that you had about him being, um, you know, in the doghouse in New England potentially, but you know, we don't necessarily know that. And that situation was wide open depth chart. You know, I don't think him going to Houston is, is going to be any better, you know, catching passes from David Mills or Tyrod or, you know, whoever ends up starting there for while Watson is likely out. Um, what, what is the, the best college piece that you would trade for an in- Keel Harry in a league? Like if someone said you have to trade in Keel Harry for in Keel Harry, but you get literally the entirety of CFF, you know, campus side of a C2C to choose from. What's the most expensive piece you would trade? Who's a wide receiver for Air Force? <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. Um, Touche. Thank you. Uh, no, honestly, I. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's in the NFL, and there's a lot of guys that like you on the college side that you, you don't know if they're going to reach the NFL. So, you know, would you I tra- would. Would you trade Seth McGowan for him? Yeah, I would give up McGowan. I, I think we, uh, I think we established that he's, if he's not in jail, he's not going to see a football field. Yeah, um, Ups, the upside's better than in Kill Harry, probably though, right? So, I mean, it is. Uh, that's a, that's a good point, but there's also a absolute zero downside. Yeah, like, and the fact that they just dismissed the third guy this week, uh, it's like a fullback or Mikey Henderson, I believe, hmm. um, leads me to believe that that. That prosecution is ongoing and will continue to <laughs> to play out over the next few months. So there you go. What about uh? What about Caden Salter? Salter's gonna land on his feet somewhere. That's that's what I'm thinking. It might be Toledo or something, but he'll land on his feet somewhere. Right, but I mean, he was on campus for a month, and he got arrested, and then, and then got arrested again. Yeah, it's really hard to get kicked off Tennessee. I mean, I guess. Hypo's probably trying to lay the groundwork for something there, but I love how just totally off topic this one is yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, but I, so I mean, would you trade in that scenario that you gave me? Would you trade Salter for Harry? I don't think I would. I would trade Salter for Harry. It's pretty rare that a guy messes up that much at the beginning of the college career and then is like, "Oh yeah, maybe I should stop messing up." Like Cam Newton <laughs> did it. But I can't think of a lot of other guys that that you know were kicked out of the first college and went somewhere else and rebounded and became like an actual NFL fantasy asset. Can you? No, there was a there was a big name running back on Last Chance U. A couple, I can't remember who it is. It was like on season one of Last Chance U. He was like the guy on there. Um, that might be somebody who who had done it before. Um, but yeah, no, not, not really. Um, but still at the, at the same time, I mean, I, Nikhil Harry, he could be out of the league in two or three years. Yeah. You can at least hope that something's going to happen with somebody else. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I was just trying to look it up quick to see if I could find who the star of season one was, but I, I couldn't find it. Um, Courtney Cox was in it, though. That's fun. Was she? Apparently. That's what Wikipedia says. Um, anyway, uh, we'll, move off the, we'll move off the random news segments here. Uh, it's, it's a slow news cycle, guys. I don't know what you want from me. I, you know... <laughs> This is, I think you did well, Colin, for what's been going on in the league right now. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, here's uh, a new segment that's not in here at all. They're, they're going to move the combine around after next year, supposedly. Do you, oh, have, any yeah. thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I think it makes a lot of sense from an NFL standpoint monetarily. Uh, it does suck for Indy, though, and it does suck for some of the traditionalists. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's fine. You know, yeah. I, I I think moving it to a warm weather city in the middle for in the middle of February would be beneficial for pretty much everybody involved. You know, if you move it to Arizona or you move it to Vegas or Miami, like those are way better destinations in February than Indianapolis is. Yeah. I mean, the NFL would do anything for a buck. I'm surprised this didn't happen a lot earlier, to be honest. I don't even mean that sarcastically. Like they, they really, really will. I mean, I don't blame them. Their whole thing is maximize as much profit as you can, but, um, so finally hit that time, I suppose. I don't know why they don't do regional ones. Yeah. Just like drag it out over a month. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's been proven to be less of like a hype thing as like one week. I, I honestly don't know. But you'd, you'd think, you know, spreading it out. Like the NCAA tournament's a huge thing because it's like a month long and everyone, you know, gets hyped for it. And so, But the Super Bowl is also a huge thing. And that's, you know, so I, I don't know which one is more effective. I, I, I do not know that. My guess is probably one week is probably better than spreading it out regionally because, you know, you get all of the stars in one spot. If you spread it out regionally, like, you know, is there going to be one in the Midwest? And who's going to the Midwest ones? You know, Ohio State guys, Oklahoma guys, I guess. So I guess there's better ones. Yeah, I guess there's better ones, you know. The Michigan schools. This is one of those ones that the situations is as I was talking, I realized like that was a bad example. <laughs> two shows in a row. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Well done. Well, two shows in a row that I've called it out. I mean, okay. that's, it that's happens. True. It happens way more frequently. Yeah. Um, but I right. no, that was, that was a good point with the new segment there. Um, but yeah, we'll move on in here to the main segment of the show. Uh, you talked, you had a great show while I was out uh, last week with, um, with Jack uh, at yeah. clinic cap. If you guys haven't listened to that one, it was a really good show uh, where the guys were discussing, you know, some targets that you want if you're a contender, some some cheaper guys that can put you over the top. And I thought he had a really good list of of guys there. Uh, but I feel like this is a, a natural next segment, next follow up. There is, you know, so who are some guys that you're targeting if you're on the other end of that coin, if you're rebuilding? And you know, we we didn't intentionally start it this way, but you know, it got to a point where we, we do want to exclude rookies on here because there's some obvious answers, you know, Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, all pretty obvious answers. Um, you know, some of these wide receivers, Jamar Chase, uh, Jalen Waddle, you know, receivers like that, that are pretty, uh, Kyle Pitts, a tight end, you know, those are the obvious answers. So we did exclude the rookies here. Um, and the quarterback that you're going to talk about, we touched on before the quarterback I talked about, we're going to talk, uh, we touched on before so i'll kick this one over to you here first yeah so like i said earlier you know 
Jared Goff was going to make an appearance again. And I think, you know, he's, I'm not like actively searching out to buy Jared Goff. I'm really not in any of my leagues, but at the same time, you know, he's 20, he just finished his uh, age 26 season. He's over the past four years, you know, excluding his rookie year where he was really bad. Uh, but that was with, uh, that wasn't with McVay, right? That was with uh, Fisher. Yeah. Still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's completed at least 62, 63% of his passes every single year. His yardage, you know, and, and his per pass um, numbers have been decent. Um, the interceptions have kind of gone up basically every year, which is a little bit scary. I guess he never really made the progress that we thought he would make after like year two, year three, probably didn't make the progress. The Rams thought he was going to either, which is why they signed him to a huge contract and then had to dump him uh, two years later. But, you know, he's, he's proven that he can at least hang in the NFL. He seems like the kind of quarterback that worst case scenario basically is fits magic for the next like six or seven years where he just kind of floats around and it seems like we need a quarterback for a year while we, you know, bridge to whoever, um, and, and he can be that guy. So I think he'll be around the league a little bit longer and, you know, with volume, he's done. Okay. So, uh, you know, he'll be on a bad Detroit team this year. They're going to throw the football. They're going to not going to want to throw the football a lot, but I think they're going to be forced to, uh, just purely based on game script. So Goff is the kind of guy that even though he's struggled and he's gotten this reputation as kind of a dumb guy, the McVeigh is, you know, the puppet master and he's got to, you know, tell him the coverage and tell him where to throw, um, that I, th- I think he can go there and, um, I don't know, maybe Dan Campbell scares something into him and he, and he plays well. Yeah, I think Jared Goff is a, is a good choice there. If we're if we're excluding rookies, um, there's not really a lot of rebuilding targets at the quarterback position. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, maybe at this point you could target him because his value is kind of cratered, but you're taking on a, a risk there at that point. Um, you know, and there's some other guys there too. You know, Sam Darnold's a good option as well, but I think a guy that gets overlooked a little bit is um, a guy that we talked about a little bit earlier as well, and that's Derek Carr. Um, Derek Carr just turned 30. So, you know, we were talking about Kirk Cousins, you know, being, you know, 31, I think, or, or 32, and, you know, having at least another contract in him. Well, we're about to see, likely about to see Derek Carr's next contract. Uh, you know, like we touched on earlier he's out of guarantee or you know out of dead cap money after this year could be cut or traded for for relatively little you know and then either way even if they do keep him 2022 is it will be his last year there so at that point he's 32 at worst starting his new contract and i think he's got that contract in him there you know but he's the type of guy that a contender is going to want um like you said pittsburgh like that's a great Great example, great landing spot there. Um, you know, maybe even New Orleans if the Jameis Winston Taysom Hill experiment doesn't work out, but they're too good to be in position to actually get a quarterback early in the draft. That's potentially an option. Um, you know, Tom Brady retires and but they keep the band together and Tampa Bay wants to go after Derek Carr. You know, so there's there's options where I think he could be, you know, he, his stock would be elevated from where it is here in Las Vegas. And he's not that bad in, in Las Vegas in terms of a fantasy option. That's what that's what you want to hear about your quarterback. <laughs> he's not that bad. He's not he's not that bad. Um, you know his his first year was was wasn't great. Um, you know, but then after that, he kind of righted the ship a little bit. Uh, he threw for 
3,900 yards in year two, 3,900 yards in year three, 3,500 yards in year four. Um, but then throw for 4,000 over 4,000 yards the last three years. Uh, you know, he's, he's been a average to above average QB two in all of those years. And last year he's, he gave you a little bit with his legs. He gave you three rushing touchdowns, probably not repeatable, but over the last three years, he's, he's had one touchdown, two touchdowns, three touchdowns on the ground. So I think four is coming this year, right? That's just the natural progression <laughs> of things, man. His age 40 season is going to be lit. <laughs> uh, but no, so I think that, I think Derek Carr is also a guy that you can get for very cheap as well. I think Sam Darnold going to be more expensive, obviously. Um, Sean Watson also, even with everything going on, still more expensive. Derek Carr is a guy that you can probably pry away from somebody. And, you know, like we touched on, he's got probably five to six years left, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, he's discount Kirk Cousins, who is like discount, you know, Tom Brady. Yeah. Like there's like, (laughs) there's like four discounts you have to get to, to get to the top of chain, uh, before you hit Derek Carr. Uh, at the bottom, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it, there's something to be said for just having a couple of quarterbacks on your roster that you know are going to start every game and aren't just a total hindrance. Uh, there really is. Uh, Matt Bruni talks about it all the time with the site. You know, that's he was. I, he always said he was higher on Mac Jones than us. I don't think he really was, <laughs> but we just never really had anything po- like positive to say about jones because you had all these other guys to choose from this year and he was saying i like mac jones because you know people you know people say best case scenario is kirk cousins like it's an insult that's that's a great qb2 on a team Mm -hmm. that's my scott fishbowl qb2 so i hope he's a great qb2 (laughs) but so i mean there's something to be said for for acquiring those guys because i think you can you can sometimes buy those guys for cheaper than you really should because they're not sexy like Mahomes or right. Lamar or Russ or Allen. Yes. Any of those guys. So yeah, I mean, if you can get one of those guys kind of cheap, then I think you'd do it. Yeah. And, and another thing with Carr too is, you know, he was the best deep ball passer last year when under pressure. Um, so his deep ball ability kind of just keeps getting a little bit better. I, I was uh, reading the other day that he's gotten more aggressive. Yeah. Like the past two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it kind of coincides with him, you know, being a little bit better of a fantasy option the last two years. So 2020, he uh, had 272 fantasy points, average 17 fantasy points per game. And uh, 2019, 15.3 fantasy points per game. So, you know, as he's getting more aggressive, you know, he's pushing the ball downfield a little bit more. You know, he also that coincides with him having a Darren Waller, so somebody who can actually catch the ball that's not Hunter Renfro. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think, you know, going to a place with weapons will be big for him. But like you said, he's been getting more aggressive. He's kind of pushing the ball a little bit more as he's been getting later into his career. So, you know, I don't think he's, I don't think he's done. I think he's got, um, I think he's got a, lo- a, a couple, you know, five, six years of a really solid QB2. Yeah. Well, who are you buying at running back then? Are you buying anybody at running back? Well, we were talking a little bit pre-show, you and I, and, and we were both kind of having trouble talking about running backs here. And, you know, we were just kind of looking at the lists and anybody that you want as a rebuilder and a running back, contenders would also want those people too. You know, like Cam Akers, 
like how high is Cam Akers going in these drafts right now? You know, you have a, you had your whole tweet about about, about Akers. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift, similar thing. Contenders want DeAndre Swift. Uh, Antonio Gibson, you know, guys like that. They, you know, J.K. Dobbins, like these are guys that even everybody wants. Mm-hmm. So if you're rebuilding, you know, if you have one of those guys, great, keep them. But you're not going to be able to trade for one of those guys, most likely. Um, you're not going to be able to prime from a contender. So I think running back is probably the last piece that you go out and get before you're a contender. So if I'm rebuilding, I'm probably targeting guys who are backup running backs in good situations or guys who may be on their net, you know, just about to hit their next contract. Um, so guys that I mentioned in that vein are Tony Pollard. You know, he does have two years left, but um, he's still, he's only 23. Alexander Madison um, also has two years left on his contract, but he's 22. So you're looking at those two guys. And then you have two guys on the list here too, that uh, you know I'll let you touch about. So I won't go onto them. Yeah. Slightly more expensive options, but I think that they're, how do I put this? They are at the lowest value that I think either of them will ever be at just purely based on what we've seen out of them and what we think the perceived talent level is. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, I, I his, his ADP is RB20 according to DLF, and he goes a lot later than that in a lot of drafts that I've done. I got him in the seventh round of a startup I did recently. Yeah, I, I a C2C startup. We did the NFL side. And we've made it to the seventh. I'd kind of punted running back. And I was like, oh, Josh Jacobs is still there. You know, Jacobs over the past couple of years hasn't done poorly. He, he's been effective. And a lot of that is due to his touchdowns. And you, you can say, well, that's not necessarily sticky all the time. And that's very, very true. But you look at how the Raiders kind of dole out their touches to their, their running backs. And the, the RB1 still gets... 60 plus percent of the touches, you know, more or less. Last year it was split. Jacobs got 306 touches, Booker got 110, and Jalen Richard got 41. Now they did bring in Kenyon Drake, who, you know, is kind of a souped up Jalen Richard or, a, you know, a souped up Booker. But I, I, you know, I think at worst it's a 50 50 split and he can still get a lot of those touchdowns. So they've never really used him as a pass catcher. So this isn't eating into his pass catching, even though I think he could. Everyone always says, you know, we think he could fill that role. It's kind of been like Joe Mixon. The, the Bengals haven't always used him that way, even though they probably should have. So I, I just think his perceived value is so much lower. You can get him now. I don't know. I haven't tried to go out and buy him. This is, But, you know, if, if you're kind of negotiating a deal and maybe you have a, a Dalvin Cook on your team and you know it's time to press the reset button, and you can't really get like somebody doesn't have a ton of picks. They have like a first and Josh Jacobs or something like that. I would do that trade in a heartbeat because I think Jacobs is going to appreciate in value, even if it's not before the season starts. All it takes is a couple injuries, and all of a sudden Josh Jacobs is real sexy to some team that's pushing for a championship. So um, he, he's the one. And the James Robinson just very briefly is the other one. You know, I I don't feel great about him there in Jacksonville, but again, if something happens to ETN, you've got a bargain. And if he goes somewhere else, you know, I'm not sure he'll ever be like a true bell cow anywhere, but he could be like a Melvin Gordon was last year with Denver. And that's still a, you know, a startable running back. You can never have enough running backs. So those are two guys that I think their value right now is lower than it probably should be. 
Yeah, I completely agree with that. You know, when I was thinking about this first, Josh Jacobs was the name that that came to mind, but and it's probably due to the fact that I'm the the only person that I've actively like engaged in trade talks with that has Josh Jacobs is in our home league and he treats Josh Jacobs like he just drafted him as a rookie and like he's going to be a bell cow. So I, maybe my perspective is skewed a little bit there. I didn't think I did not realize he was going in like the seventh round or going as the RB 20. I think that's like a very, the seventh round is a very extreme example. Cause I, right. Matt and I were on the pot of pot a thon the other night at three 30 AM. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> and Sal Lito, he's a big Raiders fan. So he, we were kind of talking about him a little bit and I, and he, he was saying, I don't want him in the Scott fishbowl. And I said, I'm kind of out on Jacobs for now, but I just did the startup and I got him in the seventh. So I was like, yeah, I would, I would take him in the seventh. I think that's, you know, that that's a very extreme, like if that's the box and whisker plot, I'm the whisker. Like, I'm way up here. I'm not in the box. So <laughs> that's a nice reference. I like that. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, I think Josh Jacobs is a good call there. Like I said, I was kind of leaning that way as well. And uh, like you said, they did bring in Kenyon Drake, who is like a souped up Jalen Richard, but I don't think, I don't think Drake eats too much into Jacobs, um, like rushing workload, like you were saying, but Jake uh, Drake also, I think that's a two year deal, but there's like n- almost no money next year. I believe if I remember that correctly, and I don't have it pulled up here. I should have, um, but I didn't, but I do believe Drake can, could be cut next year by the Raiders and Drake is also 27. So, you know, he's older than you, than you realize. So uh, yeah, I think the Josh, the Josh Jacobs is a good call there. And then James Robinson, like you said, his value is just cratered. Now, the only thing that concerns me with that is he is, extremely cheap for the Jaguars and he's a restricted free agent. So he has another two years on his deal and they'll be able to match. So he may stick around in Jacksonville just for the sake of how cheap he is for them as a team. So that concerns me a little bit there, but you know, I think James Robinson does fall into that Tony Pollard, Alex Bander Madison situation where you're, you're going after a backup in an offense that, you know, has one clear guy. And then after that, you know, it's you, 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 you feel pretty good about if something happens as a starter, he steps in as the work, uh, as the workhorse there. Yeah. And look like we, they took ETN in the first, they're going to give him every opportunity to get touches there. I would never sit here and say, you know, well, there's a chance that he's still the bell cat or, you know, like the big guy there, because I don't think he would have to just be phenomenal. And ETN would have to be just a total train wreck. Uh, for that to happen. But I also, at the same time, don't think that they're just not going to give him any more touches. Right. So, um, you know, he might even hold some ancillary, you know, I have a bye week where I have like three guys all on bye at the same time. And I've got another guy with a, you know, he's a last minute high ankle sprain and I can stick James Robinson in and get, you know, six points. And if he finds the end zone that I get, you know, I hit pager that we can get 12 or whatever. But so I mean, he's still got that kind of, you know, end of the bench type value as well i think so i don't know yeah and and one guy here this wasn't on the show sheet i just kind of thought about him here as you were talking um another guy that sort of fits the bill of the josh jacobs james robinson where their value their perceived value is lower than it's probably at its lowest point um i think it's miles sanders Mm, yeah that's a good one too i think at this point you know they brought in kenny gainwell 
in the draft. You know, they keep bringing, they brought in Karrion Johnson. The year before that, they brought in Jordan Howard. They keep bringing in somebody to help split the load with him. And everybody has seen that. And everybody's kind of backed off of Miles Sanders. So if I can get Miles Sanders for the right price as a somebody who rebuilt, you know, a, a similar deal to the Josh Jacobs one. Yeah, I would, that, that you mentioned with Dalvin Cook, you know, I would I would take a deal like that. Because um, Miles Sanders is also, he's, he's 23, so still young. And they keep splitting back like carries with him. So he still has some, a good amount of tread on the tires. And he even split a ton of carries in college as well. So he runs really well out of the shotgun too, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So if they, I would assume they're going to put Hertz in the shotgun a lot. I think that's what he's comfortable with. I think that's what he did a lot of in college, or at least he did when he was at Oklahoma. So if that's the case, then I, you know, he could see, he could keep up the, like the, the efficiency last year was a lot Like he broke yeah. two huge touchdown runs or whatever. Um, but I, you know, he could see similar efficiency this year. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, Miles Sanders, like I said, he's he's in that Josh Jacobs realm where like I would, I I would get them, but I'm not actively like going out and getting them. If I'm selling a Cook or a Henry or um, Aaron Jones, somebody like that, uh, you know, I would take Sanders and a first back and like something like that. And I think that's something you could probably get. Yeah, at this I point. think you, I think you could swing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we'll move on to wide receiver here. And I'll let you kick this off first, but I just want to say that you filled your sheet in first. So you I gave did. me you gave me all sorts of shit before about not f- about uh, filling in the sheet as I sent it to you. So I let you fill this in first. And these are you know th- these aren't surprising, but the guy I'm going to talk about is is somebody that you frequently talk about as well. So yeah, I just wanted I, to get that out there. I have like a punch card for how much I can talk about Juju and I've already hit my limit for the month. So I can't, I, I can't do it again. Um, Bengals receivers that aren't named Jamar chase, I think are cheap going cheaper. Um, and, and I, Higgins still goes early in drafts. And this is, I think a point that you can kind of make about Higgins. And I've, I've noticed in some leagues where people taking Higgins, according to DLF, he's wide receiver 20 in startups right now. I thought he had been a little lower than that. But that's what DLF says he's going as, and they've had a few months since the draft to adjust and correct. So I, I'm going to trust their 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 ADP there. But I think if a guy's taking him at wide receiver 20, he's still kind of a, a truther, so to speak, for T. Higgins. In a trade scenario, you can catch some owners that are a little skittish about Jamar Chase going to the Bengals, and I've seen a few deals where he probably goes for less than I would personally, you know, sell him for as a guy that has him a couple spots uh, just because the, because of Jamar chase. And I, I don't necessarily think that's a smart move. I think that offense in terms of passing volume can support at least two guys. I mean, if not three, I really, really do. You know, the Rams there for a year supported two high end options and a third, uh, you know, whether it was the running back getting the volume or the tight end, the Panthers last year did it with, Teddy Bridgewater quarterback. Um, so I, it's definitely possible. And I, I, Boyd is still is a little too undervalued, in my opinion. He's always been undervalued. I think I've talked about that a couple times on the show. I'm not just saying that because he's a pit grad and I'm a huge pit fan. Um, <laughs> he, According to DLF, he's wide receiver 39. And for a guy I saw today 
and I, I say this every single show, every time I see an interesting tweet, I just need to like copy and paste it somewhere so I can go back and refer to it. But between 2018, the beginning of 2018 until 2020, when Joe Burrow went down, he was like the wide receiver 13 or something in the whole NFL and PPR. He has a ton of value. And I think he's still going to get it to catch a ton of balls in that offense in the, in the uh, slot. I think that's an, that's a position that Burrow likes to target and more importantly, I think that's a position that Zach Taylor's offense likes to get involved. You know, it's a, he's a McVay disciple. Cooper Cup has feasted in the slot for years there. So I think he's, you know, maybe this takes away Tyler Boyd's ceiling. He's never going to have 1,400 yards and 12 touchdowns or something, even if you ever thought that was within the range of possibilities. Like, I want some of whatever you were smoking, but that was never in the range. But, you know, I think he can be a steady Eddie wide receiver, you know, 18 on a per game basis or whatever and you need those guys and so be able to get him a wide receiver 39 feels a little like stealing to me yeah i completely agree i am i'm on boyd as well like you said he's just gonna be super consistent he's probably never gonna put up a 30 point week for you but he's probably gonna hang out in that like 20 18 20 15 20 somewhere in that range most weeks and he's I only think. 26 mm-hmm. feels like he's been around for forever but he's only 26 so yeah yeah um but uh, you know you also brought up a great point burrow likes to target the slot you know he did it last year you know everybody obviously jamar chase you know had a phenomenal year in 2019 but so did justin jefferson you know justin jefferson operated a lot out of the slot that year and he had a fantastic year. And I think Boyd can be that as well. So I love the Boyd call. Higgins, um, I, I'm. Why like, receiver 20 feels like his ceiling if you're drafting him. Yes. But trading for him, I think, like I said, is a slightly different story. Yes. I, I, I would agree with that as well. I, I worry a little bit about Higgins. Um, I worry a little bit about Chase as well, just because I don't know which one of those two guys is going to be the most productive there. Um, I think they're pretty similar, you know, players overall. I, I think that they're going to fill similar roles. So out of the three of them, I think Boyd's the safest. I do too. I, I love Boyd. I have, I haven't looked recently. Like I, I use the dynasty nerds um, there. You can like go in and see the percentage of rosters, but Boyd, like it's like a bunch of guys that are like undrafted free agents that I scoop in every league. And then it's Tyler Boyd that I, that I have so much of. I, I just, I, he's such a valuable piece for where you can draft him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other guy that uh, I'm going to talk about here that I'm, I'm going after uh, is uh, Juju Smith Schuster. You know, you touched on that a little bit there. You stole my thunder a little, but it's fine, not salty. Um, but Juju is just for whatever reason, and I don't really, I kind of understand it because, you know, Claypool had like three games last year where he just had massive numbers, and everybody wants Deontay Johnson to be a thing. But Juju is just Mr. Consistent. I mean, he had that down year in 2019 where he got hurt, he missed a couple games. And he just did not really perform like everybody thought he was going to. But plus, he had, before, plus he had Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges throwing the yes, ball. So he had, yes, he had. I don't, terrible. I don't even include that year when I discuss him. It's yeah. not worth including in, in in any sort of discussion, in my opinion. Right? Yeah, he had terrible, terrible quarterbacks that year. So 
you know, if, if you're looking at 2020, he had 128 targets and 97 catches last year, uh, 831 yards, nine touchdowns. You know, he averaged 14.6 fantasy points per game. And that was with the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball. You know, everybody, everybody kind of caught on to Ben Roethlisberger towards the end of the year that he couldn't really throw the ball very far downfield, which I do think like benefited Juju to an extent. You know, Juju does operate very well out of like the slot and the short and intermediate area of the field. So I think that benefits him to an extent. But when defenses know that Ben's not going to challenge over the top, like that just, that's going to make it tougher for everybody. Uh, I don't love that Juju re-signed the deal with the Steelers. And I think that also helps to hurt his perceived value as well. Um, you know, everybody was just drooling over the possibility of him going to Kansas City and then he spurns them and goes back to the Steelers for a one-year deal. But again, it's a one-year deal. You know, he's only 24 years old and, you know, he could go anywhere after that. So, and, and I don't know how likely it is that he leaves, but he's going to get more money next year wherever he goes. It's 50-50 for me now that the you know he's got he signed the one year deal and now the yeah. Steelers cap situation shakes out a little differently. But I will say more importantly than him spurning the Chiefs, he spurned <laughs> he spurned the Ravens. He will be loved here in Pittsburgh no matter what happens for the rest of his life because he did that. Yeah, um, but I, from a fantasy perspective, nobody wanted to see him go to the Ravens. No, so. No. I think that helped him there. But yeah, just the perceived value on Juju is so low right now. I mean, DLF's ADP has him as the wide receiver 30. Um, I just got him in our auction draft for insanely cheap. I got him for 55. Oh, man. I wish I'd seen that value. Right? <laughs> I, I need a fifth wide receiver. You should trade him to me. Um, I need a third wide receiver. So, well, I just got T.Y. Hilton for like, a little bit well now actually i think uh pj might have stolen him back mm. but yeah either way it's you know his his value is juju's value is so low that and he's still so young that i think that his value is only going to go back up and that 55 is out of 2000 guys so what is that two and a half percent yeah basically 2.6 whatever yeah so yeah something like that yeah yeah that that's uh that's pretty cheap yeah. Um, we had a lot very... of, we had a lot of studs and dudsers in this draft on both sides. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was a good time. It was a very most aggressive auction. I think I've ever been in my life. Yes. This um, was a, yeah, this was a really aggressive auction. It was a lot of fun though. I um, was like, why is everybody using my C2C auction strategy <laughs> that I wrote about earlier this off season against me? What the hell? Uh, man, why, why do I write things that I actually believe in? Right. Yeah. It allows other people to just take advantage of yeah. and use it against you bunch of crap but, uh but we'll move here into tight ends and we're uh, actually I'll, talking about tight end tonight uh, yeah wow shockingly enough wow. you okay. you put one on the sheet i felt obligated to put one on the sheet after that okay yeah. but uh yeah i'll kick it over to you here to talk about your tight end first you didn't really play along with uh you know me playing dumb thing like yeah what do you mean well, you you put a name on the sheet you did I was put pretending like it was a surprise like i was surprised I don't know. I, I I missed that. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I'm also like I'm on my phone. I was just making my pick and and <laughs> Scott Fish. I I just made my Scott Fish pick too. As you're talking. <laughs> so I wasn't really paying that close of attention. I apologize. Uh, I took Deontay Johnson at the 709. So there you go, everybody. Nice. And everyone was really dying to hear that. Yeah. Um. So Johnu Smith. You know, I don't really have a lot of 
because uh, he just moved teams, so it's really hard to quantify, you know, and say that he's he's done X the past couple of years and, you know, in this offense. I think he's going to continue to do that um, new offense. But they don't have anybody there that's a really an overwhelming pass-catching threat. You know, I talked a few weeks ago about Jacoby Myers and why I think he's a buy for that very same reason. You know, he hit over a 20% market share last year. Does he hit that again this year? I don't know, but Jarek says that uh, hitting that high of a percent of market share is fairly sticky. Um, So I would expect him to hit close to that range. And then you have Hunter Henry, who, I mean, they they play the same position, but Bill has shown that he likes the two tight end stuff before. And then you have a bunch of guys that are basically the same exact player. You have Kendrick Bourne. um, uh, Do they have Zay Jones? Is that or no, Nelson Aguilar is the yeah. guy. They have Nelson Aguilar. And, and then like one or two other guys that are very similar to that. Nikhil Harry, who we talked a, about before. Yes, yes. So <laughs> um, just not a lot of guys that really inspire anything out of you. I think Jonu is going really, really late in drafts right now. Um, I'm surprised he's going so late in Scott Fishbowl drafts. Mm-hmm. Not to harp too much on Scott Fish, because I know people are probably tired of being hit over the head with Scott Fish, but – um really he seems like a huge i didn't get that vibe on twitter no never nowhere um he like i think he's a he's a clear upside play i so i i definitely think he can hit some decent market share there and tight end is such a wasteland as we always talk about after you know tight end four or five even if you want to include you know noah fant or whoever in that discussion and then it's just a bunch of nobodies so i i would i would take johnu i i put johnu in the same class as like dallas goddard or, or guys mm-hmm. like that, you know, to be completely honest. So um, I, I think he's just too cheap right now. And I think you can get him for not very much. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I I actually just moved Janu up uh, a couple spots here as as we were talking um, in my rankings here, because I realized I had him. I had him as tight end 13 and I had him behind Hunter Henry and Robert Tunyon. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. That's 10 points for me. <laughs> we have we we have this total um oh what is that show? Uh whose line is it anyway? Points. Yeah, with the point the points are made up. We have signed points, whatever. That's 10 points for me to make Colin adjust his rankings on air while on we're air. talking. Yeah. So boom. No, that was uh, it was a great call. Um, I like the call with Janu there. Um my tight end that I'm going to talk about here is um, Adam Troutman and he's a second year guy there in new Orleans. Jared cook is now gone. Presumably he will be the tight end there in new Orleans and, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, you know, with Kobe Fleener with Josh Hill, but I don't think that Adam Troutman is those guys i think adam troutman is a better overall player than those two guys and kobe fleener even had a couple of nice years there too as well you know a couple decent tight end years but you know troutman is 24 you know so he's pretty young um and there's just not a lot of other options in that offense i mean you know people want traquan smith to be a thing i don't think that's going to happen Emmanuel sanders is gone he's off to buffalo i have no idea who's going to play that slot role there um, you know, so Marquez Callaway, is that a person? Yes. Yes. Marquez Callaway is there. I don't know if he's good or not. I don't know if he's going to end up being anything there, but 
you know, I think there's a fairly clear path to Adam Troutman being the third option in that passing game behind Thomas and Kamara. Um, so, you know, but, but he's not really a guy that you hear too many people talk about. And again, it's because he didn't really do much last year. Um, you know, he had 16 targets total on the year. So, you know, less than he had about one per game. So, but I, like I said, I think he's a guy who's going to be, he's going to see an increase in targets this year. He, he, by, by virtue of being the starting tight end, he has to see more targets than 16. So he has to increase his numbers at least a little bit. But I think he will increase them fairly significantly there. And, you know, he's a guy that is going fairly late. Like, I, I'd rather him than Zach Ertz. I think Zach Ertz is on the downswing of his career. You know, I'd rather him than some of these other rookies that are going later on in the drafts. Uh, you know, I'd rather him than Eric Ebron, da- Dawson Knox, some of those guys too. You know, there's, like we talked about, the tight end's a wasteland after a certain point. And I think Higby has... Higby. I think Troutman has the upside that not a lot of these other guys do. So here is my problem with that. I, like Troutman, he's he's shooting up draft boards. Like I've seen some like laughable off, laughably good offers for Adam Troutman on Twitter and stuff declined this year. Mm. Um, like I, I think that everyone kind of wants troutman to be a trendy guy like he goes above he's tight end 17 for in dlf's adp he goes about a full round earlier than pat fryermuth oh. i would way weather ha- rather have yeah. Pat Fryermuth. he's just like a even if the situation isn't great for the first year or two or for whatever for pat he's just an infinitely better player than adam troutman. yeah i'm sorry no um, i agree so uh, but I, I do think his perceived value is high like I, i'm not sure how cheap you can get Adam Troutman. So that would be my my only pushback, really. Because Jameis, I mean, he, he had Cameron Brait, who was nothing special, and made yeah. him look pretty solid for a few years there. He was a great, you know, tight end, too. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with the the situation and everything. Fair enough. I have not seen Adam Troutman talked about very much. So yeah. maybe, uh, which surprises me, because, like, our Twitter circles are, the Venn diagram of our Twitter spheres is, is almost a perfect circle. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> more or less. <laughs> so I'm kind of surprised that I haven't seen that, but you know, uh, I I wanted to put Pat Fryermuth down though, but then we were like, you know, I was the one who said, you know, let's stay away from rookies. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is my tight end nine. I love Pat Fryermuth. He's close to that for me as well. I don't think I have my rankings open right now. What do you have? Do you have it open right now? Uh, I do have it open right now. Fryermuth is your tight end nine as well. Ooh, look at us. Nailed it. We're so smart. We are smart. Smart. And I liked him that before he went to the Steelers. So, this yes, yes, you did. You did. And he is a Penn State guy too. So, it's not like it, it hurt. I know it hurts you to like yeah. him. It's like every time I tweet about Drew Aller, it takes like it's like smoking a cigarette. Like it takes however much off your life. <laughs> every time I tweet about a Penn State kid, it takes like X amount off my life. It's okay. I thought it was going to be a dementor stealing like little bits of your soul. <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't going to go that deep. But. Well, you're a Harry Potter guy, though, right? I've never seen it. I've seen it. I, I, I know. Yes, I'm a big I know. fan. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I know. Because you, you used to call people Hufflepuffs. We're going to rehash this debate. Oh, God. Um, no, but so that's really all we have here for today. It is a bit shorter of a show. Um but we are going to be in person this weekend. 
uh, for the first time in probably about a year. Uh, we both are in a wedding in one of uh, one of our good friends' weddings. Uh, so uh, Austin did tease in the Discord. So if you're in the Discord, um, you know, check out the message. Austin teased we may or may not have some sort of a some sort of a, a live video at some point in time. And we should run a poll. Like, at what point in the night do the people want the video to happen? Like pre-drinking, middle of the drinking, post-drinking. <laughs> what part post-drinking. Well, post-drinking is not is all, that's hey, all. Colin, potato. what do you that's, say? And Colin uh, just like lying there. It's like, oh, okay, back to you. <laughs> As as Austin's holding my hair back, <laughs> this is so fun. Um, no, nah, no, nah, I think post drinking's out, but you know, middle of drinking, I could be. I, I've been convinced to to do dumber things, <laughs> to do worse. <laughs> um, but keep an eye on the lookout for that. Uh, we also may have one more announcement coming soon. Um, you know, so stay tuned for that as well. I don't know exactly when that's going to be coming, but it will be coming at some point here in the very near future. Um, we do have um, a couple new projects coming out here as well. Um, so stay tuned for those too. But another big news here is the uh, Midwest Fantasy Football Expo, which I think may have been rebranded to just the Fantasy Football Expo. Is that right? Uh, well, he I, wants I, to brand it. I don't, it's just like at FF Expo or whatever. So I think okay. they are trying to, to make it that way. Um, okay. But um, So yeah, there's the, the fantasy football expo in Canton, Ohio. Um, that is the weekend of the 14th and 15th in August. Colin and- doesn't believe me that it's the 15th. He thinks it's the 14th. So he's hedging. But- <laughs> well, it is also a weekend thing. Like you can get the Saturday pass as well. Uh, but Anyway, we are going to be at the expo, all of us, all the campus to Canton crew. Um, I th- think all of us. Um, is Matt Fox going? Mm, I don't think so. Okay, not that I've heard. Um, okay, like literally everybody else basically is going to so, be there. Yeah. So oh, Matt- not our new, not our newest person either, who we haven't announced yet. Oh, we're just yep. teasing so much stuff. We have a couple <laughs> new projects. We have a big partnership that's coming out soon, and we we, we hired a new person. But um, we're waiting until next week to announce that. So, so yeah, that announcement will be coming as well. But anyway, back to the Fantasy Football Expo. If you want to meet us in person, you know, definitely show up. We would love to meet everybody there. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to finally meeting, you know, Matt, Felix, Alfred, Jarek, Mox, Dwight, like all of you guys in person. I can't um, tell how tall Felix is. That's my biggest question. <laughs> <laughs> well. He did play college. Yeah, he played like, he like played DB though. Yeah. yeah. So it's like he could be like five nine, he could be like well, six two. I think he's taller than five nine because he was when we interviewed Alan True, he was uh he took a pot shot at Alan True, who I think is like five I think Alan True said he's like five eight or five seven. Mm. Um so if you're like, like two inches taller, I don't think you take a shot at him. That's true. That's true. Um, anyway, fantasy football expo, you know, get your tickets. They are on sale. We would love to meet you guys. We're going to be presenting. Um, you know, we just wanted to make that announcement now. Um, also stay tuned for the family of pods. Um, you know, not just ours where it's, you know, Debbie debate and fantasy football roundtable. Why wait till Sunday? Um, uh, but I think that is going to do it here for us tonight. Keep an eye out for campus life. Uh, As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And have a good one.